0: I'm C.J. Layton, coming to you from inside the Phantom Radio studios in Lake Wales, Florida, home of the premier radio bowling talk show. Long ago, Bowler's Journal International called Phantom Radio a pioneer in the field of bowling podcasts because the show is regularly scheduled at the same time each week. The late Kegel owner, the great John Davis, told Len Nicholson to start this program because quote, people need to know... What you know. End quote. This PBA and bowling writer Hall of Famer has now recorded over 1,200 shows and has featured over 425 guests since 2002. 20 years plus of bowling knowledge, story sharing, and true expertise. Phantom, we need to know what you know. So, Phantom fans, here's your host, Len Nicholson, the Phantom.
1: Well, thank you, CJ, and a reminder that Phantom Radio is presented by the Kegel Company, the number one lane maintenance company in the world. For all of your lane maintenance needs, including 24-hour technical support, you can always rely on the Kegel Company. So go to Kegel.net. Well, Phantom fans, this week's guest has been here many times before, and the variety of his input is totally welcomed because he knows everything that's going on in our sport. And frankly, we appreciate his opinions. So here he is again,
0: C.J. Layton. Hello, C.J., and welcome back to the show. <laughs> great to hear your voice, my old friend, the Phantom. My goodness, go all the way back to 1979 with you. I got to say, hats off to you and hats off to Paula Carter. That was a great episode of the show, on the 26th, I think you're both to be commended. It was great to hear her voice.
1: Well, thanks, Jesus, sweetheart, and what a great guest, and her yeah. experience is, is welcomed, and we love to hear her voice too. But oh, I yeah. also want to thank you for, you know, giving us a new preview. We've got a new opening, which you you constructed, and you're the best, and people like you, Parge, are, are what make the show successful. So I'm dying to find out what you've come up this
0: week, so what's on your <laughs>
1: list to talk about?
0: Well, I'll tell you what, I have had the experience of talking to many people throughout my life in the world of bowling from the time I was a teenager, and I was really, really impressed with one particular guest that I want to pay tribute to. One, and oh, only one. So, again, you've risen my... my
1: uh Wondering about what the heck you want to talk about, and knowing you, it could be anybody. But you told me that you had a conversation with yeah. one of the greats of the past two decades, so you got to tell us. I'm dying to know
0: who'd you speak with, Kelly Kulick. Wow, 40, 44 year old Kelly Kulick. I've been following her career basically from the get go. You know, Union Township, New Jersey, is where she was born. People like Ray Liotta was born there, the Goodfellas actor. a Comedian Artie Lang was born there. Very much a blue-collar area, and uh, her parents were blue-collar growing up. In fact, Kelly used to help out in her parents' garage when she was growing up, and also when uh, she was uh, off the tour on occasion. And she was really destined for bowling, Phantom. Uh, She said by the age of eight she was completely bitten by the bowling bug, completely smitten by it. Her mother, Carol, likes to argue with her, you know, and say she was seven. But Kelly was eight when she got started. That would have been around 1985. Of course, urethane was ruling then. But she was uh, learning from some of the best, including the great Dick Ritger. She had started attending Dick Ritger camps, and she said basically the Dick Ritger camps changed her life.
2: What I learned about the game itself and Dick's techniques and everything, which... People are still unaware of in today's coaching world, but then tie it together with miniature golf on a Monday night and and a picnic (laughs) near a campground and so forth, he was able to tie in the aspect of education and fun at the same time.
0: So now you go to 1991, 1992, when they got the new bowling ball surfaces, the reactive resins out there, and you've got a guy like Dick Ritger by your side and behind you helping you make that transition, and she said it was as easy as pie. It could have been a lot worse of a transition. And we're talking about a 15-year-old kid already who has such poise. She's dominating junior leagues. She's dominating everybody she starts going with. She continues to grow with the Dick Ritger camps and becomes a silver-level coach when she's a teenager. And then in 1995, at the age of 18, she becomes the New Jersey Amateur Champion. And it's on from there. She uh, attends Moorhead State, immediately makes an impact as a second-team All-American her very first year, women's singles champion that year. She was a multiple most valuable player, multiple first-team All-American, Bowler's Journal International Amateur of the Year in 1999, the 2000 U.S. Amateur Champion, my goodness, and was inducted into the New Jersey Sports Sportswriters Hall of Fame In the year 2000. So by the time she was born in March of 77, you get to early in 2000, including three or 14 USA appearances, she already has made her mark on the bowling world.
1: Well, you know, you've done something, again, thrilling, you know, innovative. You've got her voice on here. I don't know how you do all this kind of stuff, but (laughs) you're a genius, Bart. I could never figure that out. But, you know, her getting together with Ritker, I'll tell you what, that was the greatest thing she could do because without question, he's one of the top instructors of all time. But, you know, as soon as she got done
0: with all that kind of stuff and and graduated, did she join the pro ranks right away? Well, she was debating it. She was debating it. And finally she decided – she was going to take the step to the pro ranks in 2001. She talked to me about the transition from college to pro, and she said it was a little bit easier than people might think.
2: But the transition was really going from here you're bowling with four other women on your team, and now all of a sudden you're on your own. So that was the biggest <laughs> transformation right. I had to learn, how to bowl for myself, how to not worry about what other people were thinking, and and be a little bit more selfish. And that was, that was hard for me. It didn't happen right away. But my skill level – from college and from my amateur ability and then the Team USA program definitely helped me accelerate and have a great rookie season. I was Rookie of the Year. I did not win a title that season. It took me a while before I won the first one under my belt, but I did have 11 show appearances in my rookie year, which was outstanding.
0: Now, Lenny, here's a sidebar to that. So in 2001, the old PWBA, that season, decided they were going to go to more of a sport pattern. So... Kelly, who had been taught now this whole time, and the other younger players as well, you know, they're already throwing away from the pocket, away from the pocket. Well, Carolyn Doran Ballard won seven times, and the great Liz Johnson won five times that year. So go figure, right? These are two, these are two women who never ever gave up the pocket, and it was a great learning experience for Kelly. So she continued to grow. She was Rookie of the Year. Then in 2003, she broke out with her first major of five in her career the U.S. Women's Open in Sterling Heights, Michigan. Now, unfortunately, shortly after that, the PWBA ran into hard times, and it actually folded. So for the women... There was a lot of limited activity. Now, the PBA did pitch in to help. They would put on activities every once in a while. Of course, the women had the international game, which is starting to become stronger and stronger. They did have Team USA, which Kelly Kulik was really never far away from since her first experiences in the late 1990s. But still, things were a little bit limited. Kelly just kind of slugged on. She won the USBC Queens in 2007. And then she just continued to bowl the best she could, up through 2009 and into 2010. So coming up to that point, she had already again made herself an impact.
1: Well, you know, I had the opportunity of meeting her down at Cable because she would come down there occasionally and work on her game. But you mentioned 2010. Uh, Why was that year such an impact on Kelly and on bowling in general?
0: Well, it would, it would change the game in a lot of ways. We have to go back, though, to 2009 to speak about the 2010. The PBA decided that when they conducted the Men's World Series of Bowling in October at Taylor Lanes in Detroit, they would also, at the same time, do a PBA Women's Series about the same thing. They had the different oil pattern championships, the shark, the cheetah, the scorpion, and so forth, and the winners of all those would go to a world championship event. Well, it was the same for the women. So Kelly wins the Women's Series Shark Championship. This was in October 2009, and gets to the world championship and wins it. And then after that, she realizes that the commissioner of the PBA, Tom Clark, is about to throw her another little prize.
2: What Tom Clark decided to do is that a woman, whoever won the Women's World Championships, would have an automatic berth into the tournament of champions for that season. So actually, well, it took place in October. I believe we were in Detroit for the whole month. And then the TOC was obviously in January. So it was his deciding on a whim. Don't ask me how he came up with it, why his choice was. Maybe it was just some more exposure and so forth. But his doing allowed me to compete in the tournament of champions that year in january
0: and she ends up in the toc the tournament of champions old timers like you and i all we have to do is say two words the firestone that's how famous it always was that's how coveted a prize it always was all the 32 years old here's Kelly Kulick thrown in with the greatest bowlers in the world for the pba tournament of champions and pal she put a whooping on the boys all week long all week long, I'm amazed she. I'm amazed she didn't qualify first. She only qualified third, and I still don't see how that happened. So we get to the TV show, and everybody's waiting with bated breath on the first match we'll see her in. Of course, the number two seed, uh, Mika Yemi, Major Mika, the big Finn, right? Big imposing presence. Kelly needed to triple in the tenth to shut him out. Kelly buried three balls in a row to shut him out by four. So already she's made her presence known. <laughs> And now she comes up against Chris Barnes, who in practice was just ripping racks left and right on the championship pair. So we get to the championship match. Kelly, first shot, no problem. Strike sits down. Chris throws his first ball, uh, leaves 5'8". And the camera shot turns to his face, and he just (laughs) says, wow. So he he immediately gets an over-under reaction on his ball. And in the meantime, Kelly didn't care. Second ball strike, third ball strike, fourth ball, trip four strike, right? And in the meantime, Chris is still struggling, but he's hanging on in there. In the fifth frame, Kelly, you could tell, didn't quite catch it at the bottom. She left a swish 7-10, cleaned up the 10-pin on that. And then after that, there were no mistakes. Phantom, her ball, her ball speed, her rev rate, and Randy Peterson hit it on the head. She said the ball was reading the oil pattern perfectly. You know, these days, people like to talk about when they throw a great shot, they split the 8-9 when they talk about a strike. My friend, he, I the only way I can describe Kelly's strikes were that one second the pins were there, and the next second they just weren't. They just disappeared. This is how well this 32-year-old woman Bowling in the men's PBA Tournament of Champions was throwing a bowling ball on TV in the championship game. It wasn't even close. And uh, the ninth frame, Chris, in order to have some sort of gasp, had to strike, and he left a solid eight. And uh, the camera turned to Kelly, and she gave this look, and Rob Stone says, I think Kelly just did the math. And that's that's what she did. And so Kelly Kulik not only wins the men's Tournament of Champions, but then wins two more majors in that year, the women's majors, the Queens, and the Women's Open. So it was really hard to top all that afterwards. The PWBA came back in 2015, which was good. She won uh, 2017 in Fountain Valley. She won at Glen Falls, New York in uh, 2021. The PWBA Albany Open in uh, South Glens Falls. And she also kept up with all of her international plays. So to say that Kelly Kulick has had a storied career would be really, really minimizing.
1: Well, you know, she did it the right way. She came up from the junior program uh, one step at a time. She didn't, ha- she didn't have to uh, do what some people do. They skipped even going to high school. They joined the pro ranks, never everybody learned how to bowl.
0: But she yeah. did it the right way. Right. Absolutely the right way. And, uh, you know, everything she's done, and she continues to, uh, to still uh, do some events uh, for the PWBA, but really – you know, for the past uh, six, seven years, she's also been coaching with Team USA. She's been an assistant under Brian O'Keefe.
1: You know, uh, i watched her bowl many times at Cagle on TV. Uh, she's a first-class pro, man or Here. woman, no question about it. As a matter of Here. fact, you know, we gotta, I got to tie in with her for some other reason that you didn't even know about. But, uh-huh. uh, you know, they they decided at the 60th anniversary of the PBA – to pick out the top 60 moments in the PBA history. And they they polled all the sports writers, bowling writers, and, and top players and all that, and they came up with 60. And number one was the Don Johnson uh, when he was face down and shot 299 at the right. Firestone. And, and number two um, and the biggest moments was Eddie Elias starting the PBA. Well, yes. the respect that she gained, she was number three in my book, the top 60 moments in the PBA history that I did with Sam Villarreal. And so she was number three and unbelievable parts. So I, I want to thank you for all the hard work with this unique show that you put on.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty incredible, you know, to talk to her. I mean, the, just a the few sound clips that I uh, provided for you today really, really didn't do her a whole lot of justice. She's very warm. She's very, very Nice to talk to. Very, very serious about the sport. You and I talk about Save Our Sport. We talk about growing the sport. She does it the same way, and again, she's trying to do it the right way. She's the newest uh, head coach for uh, Junior Team USA. It was announced last year. They've already done the trials. They did that uh, the weekend or week of January 5th. They've got their team together. She's got her act together, and at age 44, I think she's still got a whole lot left to give, not only in the coaching ranks for the juniors and for other people, but, you know, she's also a nutritionist, and she also coaches line dancing.
1: Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, so listen, you know, I'm looking down the road, which a lot of people have to do, and I've I've read this myself, to be successful, you got to look ahead. So I know she's going to be doing bigger and better things, and I want to keep up with her. And I want you to keep up with her, too. I want sure. to have a follow-up show with her and you. And also, uh, as you probably realize, we've been doing what we call tribute shows to the one of the, some of the greats of all time. And she fits right in there. So I want you to keep keep track of her. Let us know what's going on. And we'll do another show. How's that sound, Parge?
0: Yeah, I'd be happy to. You know, as as we say, we've got each other's number. And she expects me, in fact. I told her i keep tabs. And she kind of expects me, to. So, uh I will do just that. Again, I, you know, it, it, she's still a baby to us at age 44, and I think she's not only on the lanes but also off the lanes and coaching ranks. As an ambassador for the game, she's got a lot left to give.
1: Yeah, for sure. She's top, top-notch, first class. All right, well, Phantom fans, that's going to wrap up in the show for this week, and I can't believe how quickly the time flies on wow. the show. and It's probably why they say it's the fastest show in all of sports, but we want to thank our sponsors, the Chrisman family, from Storm Bowling for being our sponsor for 20 years which is unbelievable. Also Brad Edelman from the High Roller and our latest sponsor Dave Kowalski. He's from Auto Value and Bumper to Bumper Auto Parts Stores. So for Radio Phantom Radio, Radio thank you CJ. And this trouble, is the Phantom. And you need some love and care and nothing Oh, nothing is going right Close your eyes and think of me And soon i